Hello friends, and uh, welcome to another episode of Batflips and Maple Dips. My name's Clayton Croker, coming to you from beautiful Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. So is Justin Anderson. Patrick Marsh is joining us from very beautiful Nova Scotia. It's going to be nice to Nova Scotia today. No chirps for the Maritimes. Nothing but niceness. Uh, thanks for listening, whether it be on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, uh, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Um, if you're not following us on the socials, at BFND Podcast, look us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff. Uh, special shout out to Blue Jays Aggregator for uh, adopting us into their family as well. It's nice um, being a part of a, a Blue Jay Twitter family because Blue Jays Twitter is hilarious. Blue Jays Twitter, people just losing their marbles. Every second tweet, it seems, it's awesome. Uh, by the way, today's episode brought to you by Toast. Uh, toast, it's freaking good. Uh, I talked about this at work today, and people lost their shit about Toast. Yeah. Like, people are really passionate about Toast. I made a Toast Power Rankings, and people are like, No, fuck you. How is avocado on Toast number five? Get the fuck out of here. Stuff like that. So we're opening the show, the little warm-up here. Um... What's the one go-to with toast? Like, number one on the toast power rankings out of all the toasts. Man. Number one. Number one. It's got to be garlic. See, that's what I put as number one on my power rankings, garlic toast. It's the most versatile. I mean, I wouldn't eat garlic toast for breakfast, but like any other meal. You would? would, Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and a snack. I'm a huge, like, just, like, toast with honey kind of guy. You're one of those people, hey? You're probably a a tomato on toast kind of guy, too. Toast with tomato sandwiches, yeah. Yeah, see, exactly. I know it. With, with, like, copious amounts of butter. Ugh. That's even worse. Gross. Why did I even ask this This stupid toast Butter toast with tomatoes. Okay, this is the prairie perspective, the Maritimes (laughs) perspective. Patrick, toast power rankings. What's number one? Ooh. I'm going to be selfish here and just say there is toast... With peanut butter, I really don't care what type of bread it is. doesn't matter. But toast with peanut butter and then everything else is a very, very far distance away. Toast with peanut butter is like the Michael Jordan of toast. And then everything else is just like peewee basketball (laughs) if we're going to continue the mixed metaphors here. I'd say it's pretty close. Like cheese toast is delightful. Garlic toast, obviously number one, but peanut butter on toast was my number two. But peanut butter on toast, if it's fresh, is great. Yeah. You ever had peanut butter on toast mm. when it's been like sitting around for 35 minutes? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it gets soggy <laughs> then. Right? Yeah, it gets really I mean, soggy. There's different like meal times for toast. Like you wouldn't have French toast for supper. Yeah, I would. I've done it before. <laughs> well, I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you can, <laughs> but... <laughs> Newsflash, man, you, you can have whatever you want you for went, breakfast, it doesn't say, matter. Say you went to a restaurant, like, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't order French toast with your with your, with your dinner, you'd order, you'd order garlic. Side of French toast with Side my pork chops, toast. that actually I mean, sounds pretty good. There's, like, certain types of toast that are made for breakfast, like, obviously, French toast, egg in a hole. Steak sandwich on French toast. My God. Yeah, Mother pretty of good. God. Like, a side of French toast that comes with your meal. Okay. It wouldn't Nothing. work for pasta because that's just Yeah, pasta is just you gotta go garlic. Yeah. But uh, again, that's the thing. I didn't think that this toast talk would do anything. The first three minutes of the podcast were yakking about toast. It's contentious, man. Yeah. It, it, it's a very big uh, a very big topic. Because everyone loves toast. Like toast, when it comes to food power rankings, it's very high up there. Because yeah. toast is delightful. It's just but versatile. Again, it goes with anything. Okay, what about cheese toast, Patrick? Do you, do you guys put cheese whiz and then broil them in the uh, oven in the Maritimes? Like for cheese toast? Welfare cheese uh, toast, I guess? Uh, no, man. It's like... See, I have a very specific thing when it comes to grilled cheese sandwiches. Here's the perfect ingredients for a grilled cheese sandwich. Bread, butter, cheese... End of story. If you add anything other than those three ingredients to a grilled cheese sandwich, it is no longer a grilled cheese sandwich. It is a melt. So could be here all day arguing throw, about that. By definition, it's, I mean, yeah, which is right. But um, what what kind of cheese? I'm curious. What kind of cheese you like on your grilled cheese sandwich? Yeah. Does it matter? Actually, I'm glad you asked that because <laughs> I've got a top five. Oh boy! Here are the powering for grilled cheese. All right, number one, marble. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong with marble. Of course, Classic. Of course. Yep, Beautiful. For two, an old, like, I would say, like, two year, age two years cheese 
Like, do you guys have the Balderson brand? I'm close of to cheese? cutting you off with this two-year-old cheese crap right now. I like it to pair oh. my two-year-old cheese mm. toast with a nice red, a nice aged, a Gouda. nice uh, French mm-hmm. red wine. Yes, mm, yes, delightful. <laughs> yes. Do you have a nice brie on tap? Do you have a nice brie available? Yes. Oh, is it aged three years? Yes. Hmm. Monterey Jack and Swiss. I didn't know. I didn't know you guys were such cheese heads out I there like in it. the Maritimes. I love it. It's great. Let me finish these power rankings. <laughs> you asked my, ask my opinion, and now you're getting it. Number one, marble. Number two, aged two years, white cheddar. Oh Number three, like a bold uh, orange cheddar. Not two years, but like a like bold oh, of or course. old yeah. or whatever oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you're going anything older than two years for bold cheddar, you're just Let's fucking go. crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Number four, Swiss, and then number five, Havarti. Swiss, really? There you go. Swiss on grilled cheese. Swiss isn't that good. I'm more of a mozzarella guy than a Swiss guy. See, this all started with toast, man. We talked about cheese another time on this show. Oh, yeah. We've definitely talked about cheese. It was one of our most listened to episodes. Yeah, of course. (laughs) How could it not be? Cheese is delightful, and so is toast. This one will probably go up the charts because of toast. Yeah. I'm telling you guys, toast. That should be in the caption for social. Toast. Toast. Because if we put toast in there, we're going to get thousands of listens. Hashtag toast power rankings. Whenever people see toast, they're just going to be like, oh, toast? No one turns down toast. Or put something bold in there, like... French toast is the best toast. Or Change a nice two-year bold cheddar, perhaps. <laughs> yes. Okay, baseball. Let's get to Let's it. Let's get to it. Um, before we talk about the Jays, we're going to focus on the rest of the uh, major leagues here. Um, now that the trade deadline has passed, the teams that kind of look the best here, if we can all agree on this, Astros, Dodgers, Twins, Braves, Mets, Yankees, Rays. The Mets have been hot. Yeah. The Mets have been a very, they very good team. On a tear. Um, yeah. Out of those teams, who do you think is going to be – uh, the team winning it all. I mean, Houston, obviously the favorite, right, Patrick? Yeah, they're yeah, man. Houston, they they <laughs> gave up very little and got so much. They're mm-hmm. so powerful. Do you guys remember way back in the day? Because uh, you're Canadian, you remember YTV, and you remember the show Dragon Ball Z? Hell yeah! Well, Houston. The Houston Astros are like the Goku of MLB. They're they're like they've gone Super Saiyan. They are so powerful right now. They've won six in a row, none of their last ten. And as sexy as the New York Mets are right now, I, I think Houston they're primed to win it all. Okay, Justin, if Houston is the Goku, who's the Vegeta? Probably the Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah, they've got a great pitching staff and i mean a great offense too i don't know like the the mets kind of scare me a little bit because of their starting rotation like if they get into a like a, a like a five games if they can get through the wild card and then get through that they'll be into the the nlds which mm-hmm. is the best of five series and they'll have Cindergard for game one assuming they pitch the ground in the wild card game mm-hmm. marcus stroman uh, and then they'll have Wheeler, and then they'll be able to go back to Syndergaard for it's game great four. Great rotation, yeah. That's tough. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, teams like the Astros, obviously, they have four guys plus Aaron Sanchez, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, who are all Cy Young caliber pitchers. Um, it's crazy. I mean, those two teams. I think the Dodgers and, and Astros get there again, just like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dodgers may lose the World Series for a third straight season. Oof, that'd be R- tough. R.I.P. <laughs> the Bills um, of baseball. So- <laughs> yeah, they're just like they're so close, but yet so far. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't want to rule out a team like the Cubs. Um, they could go, they could get hot still. Mm-hmm. They're not. We didn't include them on our list, but they could still get hot. The NL Central, I know that's uh, kind of next on our list here. But that's going to be that division is going to be a dogfight. I think records are very deceiving in that division because all the teams are just so close. So they might only be like six or seven games above five hundred. But in another division, they may be 20, 25 games above 500 just because they're playing tough teams all the time. I said um, it before. The yeah. Braves, man. The Braves, The yeah. Braves. You guys kind of laughed. You're like, yeah, out of all the teams, the Braves aren't really good. They'd be 6 they're, out of 6 on the old they're power They're kind of what we want the Jays to be in a couple of years, right, yeah. with all that young talent. Man, the Braves are good. And they lo- and they got Josh. They got some veteran leadership on yeah, that team do. for sure. They got a good Freddie mix Freeman. on the Braves. Very good mix. Yep. Um, do you think the Red Sox make the playoffs? No. Patrick, are Not the Red Sox making the playoffs? Or are they done? Nope, they are toast. All they are is dust. <laughs> toast. Toast. Nice. Nice. Uh, good toast reference. Uh, I think the socks are done. Uh, three for three, socks yeah. are done. Oh, yeah, they're dust in the wind. 
What do you think of their pitching this yeah. year? Dust in the wind. Like specifically, what <laughs> went wrong with their pitching, Patrick? Chris Sale. Chris Sale had a terrible year. He's... He might have recovered a little bit, but it doesn't matter because, like, even a dead cat will bounce. But the Red Sox shouldn't <laughs> be like that. Like the Red Sox, like with with the Colts back in the day when Peyton Manning got hurt, whole team went to shit. Yeah. And that's what you're saying now. Like Chris Sale doesn't play good, or he's done. David the Price whole team... hasn't been good either. Yeah, that's true. Purcello hasn't been great. They've their been, bats are so good injuries. though. Like. They haven't been though. That's the thing. On like, paper, I guess so. Yeah, on, on paper, paper right? yeah, I guess but so. But there's a lot of Red Sox fans on Twitter who are just like on tirades about how this team they should sell Mookie Betts, sell Jackie Bradley Jr., trade Xander Bogarts. I like, can't stand Red Sox. They just want to be like, we got to rebuild. Like we're gonna miss the playoffs. Like you just won the freaking World Series. Red Get over Sox yourselves. Red Sox fans are so impatient. Like yeah. Yankees Jays fans. fans are pretty impatient too, yeah. and we haven't and we haven't won in in 26 years. I think Jays fans know their place, though. We know that we're like their little brothers, yeah. so we don't expect to do well, but we'll still get a little upset here and there. Not like Red Sox fans, though. Um, mm. Let's switch to the NL here. Patrick, who's taking the NL Central? We kind of teased it a bit before here, but who do you think's taking it? It's, I mean, I think that it's the Cubs to lose. At the same time, you've got three teams in that division who are starting to. Uh, kind of establish themselves as serious competitors for the wild card. Although the Cardinals are appear to be imploding. They've lost mm-hmm. their last five games in a row and are two and eight in their last 10, which is not what you want to do when you're trying to compete for a wild card spot. That being said, I believe they are one game out of the wild card, something like that, yeah. which means the Brewers are also one game out uh, the Brew Crew have won two in a row, but they are four and six in their last ten, uh, which has opened the door for Cincinnati to come back. They've won three in a row, seven of their last ten, and they actually have a superior run differential uh, to the Brewers. Uh, the Brewers are negative 26, and the Reds are plus 37. So I'm thinking that eventually... Things are going to even out for the Reds, or maybe they already are, and they're actually just going to catapult <laughs> into one of those wild card spots. You never know. I mean, yeah, the, I think those NL wild card spots are going to be coming down to the last few days of the season. The AL is pretty much going to be determined, yeah. I think, by then. Um, there's only about mm, a few teams who are, who are left, and it looks like Tampa Bay and probably Oakland are going to be the ones that grab those. Um, but yeah, that yep. that National League, I'm with you. I think it is the Cubs to lose. Um, the Brewers just didn't do enough at the deadline. They they needed to get some star pitching, and they brought in a bunch of like t- tier three pitchers. I, I didn't even them. know they did anything. Like, yeah, that's they brought in like a bunch are. of like num- they did like some classic Blue Jays stuff and, and signed a bunch of or, or traded for a bunch of four and fifth starters. Yeah, <laughs> like Buckholes and Shoemaker <laughs> kind of guys. They just like guys who kind of fill up the rotation. Well, at least they didn't trade three pretty good guys for one mediocre. For guy, one guy so. who hit a huge opposite field home run today. Oh, though. Wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I love how Sportsnet's trying to pump his tires a little yeah, bit now because it's like, okay, this guy's getting roasted. Getting it's not his fault, roasted. but like Sportsnet, I mean, all did, the articles. He did t- take a fly ball to the face. Yeah. So oh man, like pretty... just perfect time on the same day that Sanchez and Biagini combined for, for a no-no. freaking no no. <laughs> this guy we traded for takes a fly ball to the face. Right to the jibs too. Yeah. Like, oh. oh. When I saw that, I thought it was like a pitch, like it was like a no, bunt yeah. foul or something. I was like, oh man, like. What are the? Oh, that sucks. I feel so bad. And, and then, then it was just a the botched video. fly ball, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, "You're kidding me!" Oh right man. Now. But NL Central, uh, Cubs to lose. The Cardinals are gonna fight it out with them. The Cubs are terrible on the road this year. Like they're mm-hmm. they're twelve games under five hundred on the road and twenty two above at home. So you get the Cubs on the road, and they're probably gonna lose. I would take the money on the Cubs losing. Mm-hmm. Uh, put my money on that if I was a betting man, which. I am. Okay, sweet. <laughs> Patrick, you're going Cubs too? Uh, yeah, the Cubs are going to win the NL Central, but in terms of the wild card fight, I'm going with the spicy pick of the Cincinnati Reds because they seem to be red hot right now. Get it? Reds, red hot. Uh, your toast one was better, man. Yeah. You, yeah. you just toast. pulled a George Costanza, man. You thought you ended on a high note, and then you said something <laughs> else, and now it's like, well... Should have left, right, man. Guess I'm out of here. Yeah, you should have left on that high note, man. What do you think, Clayton? Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking Cubs. Yeah, yeah. How can you not? They're just they're the Cubs. You, you know? got the experience, right? Yeah. 
The Cubs are like the Red Sox and the Yankees, the NL, you know? They're mm-hmm. just always kind of in it because they just always have so much talent around that you can never count them out. Um, let's go a little bit of a opposite direction here. Farm systems. The um, top 15 farm systems were released. The Jays finished 10th. Now, that's with Bo Bichette on the list as well. Yeah. Without Bo Bichette, I'd agree with that. But with him, it's like, oh, really? 10? Yeah. Well, the thing is, we lost Vladdy. And we don't have pitching, too. We lost Kevin. Yeah. We've got Nate Pearson, um, Jordan Groshans, and Eric Pardino mm-hmm. in the Manoa. top. He's not in the top 100. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, prospects. But I don't think Pardino is anymore either. He might be. I can't remember. But the Jays will be... Depending on how these guys develop over this this season, I think our preseason rankings are going to change. They might move a little bit higher than tenth. I I think that's a pretty accurate ranking, just because a lot of our our big talent guys are in lower the lower minors right now. They're mm-hmm. not in the high like they're not in high A. They're not in double A. Like Pearson's in double A. Kloffenstein's in rookie ball. Manoa and and uh, Williams are in rookie ball. Pardino's in A ball. Like we've just got these guys need to move up like another level or two, and then the Jays will start moving up those rankings again if they keep developing. Does this tenth spot worry you a little bit, Patrick? Do you think we're going to be higher? No, this was expected. I mean, you put Vladdy back on that list, and we're instantly in the top three. So I mean, like this is what happens: prospects graduate, and then your farm loses a little bit of its depth. But that's how it's supposed to work. Mm-hmm. Imagine being a team that's perpetually in that top list but you never win jack shit the padres uh, like yeah. say the, they, yeah or the rays yeah. like the rays have all this depth uh, as far as their prospects go but they don't really have anything to show for it which is crazy so i mean neither do we at the moment but i mean <laughs> this is the nature of prospect prospecting <laughs> i don't know how you purgatory. say it um but <laughs> I, I'm willing to bet that within the calendar year of 2020, we will be back into the top five. And I have a lot of faith in Nate Pearson, Simeon Woods Richardson, Adam Kloffenstein, and Jordan Groshans that they'll all be in the top 100 next year at some point. And I would actually throw in Eric Pardino and Alc Manoa in, in that list back. too. No, we're not. No, we're not. Where was Tampa's farm system on this list? Do we know? Uh, oh god, what were they? Like? Were they sixth? Two. They were, they were two. two. They're oh, always good. Yeah. The Durham Bulls, man. The yeah, Durham Bulls. Durham Bulls are good. Like for as long as I can remember, as long as the Tampa Bay Devil Rays have been around, like their farm system has been lights out, and yeah. it's always been Durham. And they've they've got a lot of guys in their system who are super fast. They got some big time base stealers. Like they have a guy named uh, Vidal Bruhan who is the second baseman. Mm-hmm. Super fast. He can steal like 50, 60 bases mm-hmm. a year. It's like a Billy Hamilton speed that he can actually get on base. Seems like again, the Rays always get those fast guys. Yeah, Carl Crawford, you know, all those Wonder guys. They just there. seem to just get those fast, super good baseball prospects. Um, let's get into the Jays a little bit more, shall we? Um, mm. These nicknames because Players Weekend. Uh, yeah, Players Weekend, as Buck Martinez would say. It's a horrible Buck Martinez impression. I'm sorry. Um, the nicknames that our team has. Some of them are great. I love T. Oscar Hernandez's Mr. Seeds. Mr. Seeds. <laughs> Mr. Seeds is really funny. Um, Patrick likes Reese McGuire's. What is that one again? No, it's mine. Uh, pieces. I put Yass in there because Reese's pieces. Oh, <laughs> but what about, what, about, what about Trent Thornton? Butters? Yeah, but if that's after the South Park character Butters, then that's not good at all. Because Butters is such a wad on that show, though. Like, <laughs> Butters is just a meathead. But everybody loves him anyway. Butters, that's me. <laughs> but, like, he's just, he gets shat on the whole time. Like, it's Brock's, not an intimidating nickname. Brock Stewart's beef stew is pretty good. Yeah, beef stew is good. Patrick, what are some other ones that caught your eye? Uh, I was kind of disappointed that... Uh, Randall Grichuk wasn't Grich Daddy. I think we're the only people on earth who call him that. It's a little creepy. Like on the back of a jersey, Grich Daddy Grinch would Daddy. be. Yeah, that would that kind of send the wrong message. <laughs> uh, Vladdy though, LK. It's El K. It's uh, Spanish. It's what he was called as a kid. It's but his childhood nickname. Vladdy. It's Vladdy. Yeah. I understand. Vlad- Vladito. You know he can do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, I really don't Vladdy, care. Yeah. But like someone like Fisher is just going with Fisher. Buddy Boshers, buddy, and then Bo Bichette's is my favorite. Just Bo. Bo. Yeah. They don't. They don't have nicknames yet. Yeah. Brandon Jurt Cabe. Also, too. These Drew. two guys got to pump the brakes here. Uh, Brandon Jury, B Drew. Yeah. Okay, bud. Like you're not from Compton. What was the other gangster? Yeah, Thomas Sa- Pannone, Lil G, Sammy G. <sighs> 
Lil G, like you're not a rapper from 2002. Like that's what everyone did there. Yeah. Oh, Lil Bow Wow, Lil Romeo, Lil G, <laughs> Lil Kim. Look at Sean Reed Foley's nickname, boys. We called it. SRF. SRF. Yeah, like, that's a good one. Mokey for yeah. smoke, uh, and then Wajapak or Wishchester Sauce, whatever you want to call him. Uh, <laughs> his is just his last name. Thanks, like, do you think? Do you think players like this? Some of them do. I mean, it gives them a chance to show off some personality. Lots of guys will wear like cool cleats. Yeah. Have you seen the jerseys? Like, the all like, white ones. All white, and there's all black ones yeah. too for the for the uh, away team. I, I get a pretty big Mormon vibe from those jerseys. <laughs> like a little bit of a weird we've, cult we've, we've vibe. We've joined a cult. Don't yeah. drink the don't drink the exactly. Gatorade in the dugout that yeah. day. Do you like those jerseys, Patrick? No, <laughs> I mean I never like it when teams whip out the weird jerseys. I like if you're gonna do like a different type of jersey or uniform or whatever, do the throwbacks. Go back yeah. in time. Don't do these weird futuristic bullshit. Like, or don't do camo. I, that's one thing It really bothers me that, that every team has, like, a camo jersey. Like, put it away. No. Like, it's just, that's not... I understand, like, it's meant to be, like, a tribute to troops. If, if they want to do a tribute to troops... Why not donate money to veterans associations? I will say the University of Saskatchewan Huskies football team does a camo jersey for the troops night, right. and they look crisp. They're pretty sharp. Real crisp. They go with like the light brown with yeah. their dark forest green. Man, does it look good. Um, two quick things here before we get to the week that was. Um, Patrick, we'll go with you first here with Ryan Barucki because Hazel May was talking about him. Um, looks like he's going to be out for a little bit longer, right? Yeah, he's going to see Dr. Andrews for examination. Um, I mean, like, we don't know with 100% certainty, but it sounds like the possibility of Tommy John surgery is on the table. Uh, I I don't know anything that anybody else knows, so maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but it would be an absolute disaster if he had to get Tommy John surgery. Yeah, that's that's an understatement. Um, especially for a guy who was supposed to miss one start at the beginning of the year, who would he make two starts? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. yeah, didn't even notice those starts either. It wasn't like he blew us away with anything. No, it was. That sucks though, because like last year we were really hoping, like saying like this is Barucky's year to really prove it. Could like have been the guy to really say like, okay, guys, I'm gonna be a part of this team and not just kind of a trade piece to, you know, send to a winner later on in the season. But yeah, yeah I just. Oh. It's like another Dustin McGowan situation, it looks like. It kind of feels like that. It's unfortunate. I mean, he's he's young. This is his, really his first major injury mm-hmm. injuries this season. He's been healthy up until this point. But, yeah, it's tough, man. I feel and bad then, for the guy. An update on Simeon Woods-Richardson. He had another start. It went pretty well. Yeah, it sure did. I mean, went five innings, didn't walk anybody, uh, struck out eight guys. You have three runs on four hits, but, I mean, that – that's almost a quality start. Eight Ks. Eight Ks, though, and no walks is the big thing, right? Like eight Ks, no walks? This I guy, love that. This guy's a strikeout machine. Um, the other guy we got for Stroman, Anthony K, had a nice start for Buffalo yesterday, too. He gave up uh, two earned runs over five innings, uh, walked three, and struck out six. So, Can I say that um, Anthony K is giving me like a David Wells kind of vibe? Like a just fat, a, a fat lefty. guy, a fat guy kind of vibe. I think just he's going to be a fat guy pitcher. He's a bit of a he's six, yeah, he's six foot two eighteen. So he's, but a, he's a little he's a, chubby. Yeah, he's a bit bigger of a guy. A little bit chubbier. Yeah, he's, but, short, he's five inches shorter than me and mm-hmm. about the same weight. So I like that though. Big pitchers have more stuff behind their fastballs. They got more yeah. weight behind it, you know. Plus they're just like fun to watch. CC Sabathia yeah. kind of style, just kind of out there, just. Big fat dude just kind of lumbering around. Classic CC was the best CC man. That guy chucked like yeah. his slider. They like, coming in like ninety four miles an he was hour. So good like, for the Brewers and Indians. Oh yeah. My God. No oh, man, his time with the Brew Crew was the best. Yeah. Like his, he was there for like half a year. Was he not? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. He was just a rental player. I always man, remember. Was he I always remember his time with the Brewers. Man, with those pinstripes. Um, the week that was for the Jays, not that bad. Like the Jays looking pretty good. We He's beat a road the trip, yeah. yeah, we beat the Rays. Like we took that series. We should have won that freaking game, blowing a six-run lead, and then mm, that, Danny Jansen right to the wicket. I blame uh, I blame Patrick Marsh for that loss yesterday because he just had to go say, "Oh, Trent Thornton's just looking to buff his ERA up today." And Why then do you always do up. that too in the group chat? Yeah. He always is like, "Man, <laughs> this guy's back." And then what happens, Patrick? Every time Aaron Sanchez is back. Oh, Aaron Sanchez got traded. I was trying to say that he was trying to bolster his ERA, meaning he was trying to make it go higher. 
Because he had walked a bunch of dudes and gave up a bunch of hits, and he had loaded the bases, and then he had he got out of that jam, and then it was just a matter of time before his repeated flooding with disaster. Yeah, was going to lead to some uh, some runs against. But I will say the Jays are very watchable since the All Star break. They're thirteen and thirteen. I think I would say like this post All Star game Jays. This is like the new norm we can't go back in time and unlose all those games <laughs> but this kind of feels like the team is stabilizing a lot of our hitters are doing what they're supposed to be doing they're performing and our bullpen has been excellent mm-hmm. in the last uh 20 games since the all-star yeah, break just a couple we actually have one of the best bullpens in baseball right now one thing that i'm um, impressed with is vladdy yeah um obviously winning player of the week in the al but I just thought that all this guy was going to do is mash dingers. But, man, the guy is hitting for contact way better than I thought. Mm-hmm. I knew he was going to get it later on, but I thought his first couple years were just going to be mashing dingers and then figuring out how to hit. But he just – he looks like a seasoned veteran out there. I, I thought yeah. it was going to take a lot longer than this. I well. thought he was going to be a little bit more unpolished. But, like, just the way that he hits for contact with runners in scoring position, like he's not going for those big swings that you see – with guys on second and third and stuff like that. He's just getting good hits, and that's just like, that's what you want to see. He's not being selfish. No, I mean, before today's game, he was, he didn't, I don't think he played today, but he was, he's bat, he hit 423 in the past week. Guys <laughs> guys who have been playing pretty well, too. Freddie Galvis, T. Oscar Hernandez, Randall Gritchick, Brandon Drury. Uh, Patrick, out of those guys right there, who do you think is having the biggest impact with the Jays, and who are you liking the most? Like, who's. Because all those guys are kind of fringe players, you know? Like, fringe, they can be really, really good, but they're just not there yet. Out of those four guys, who do you think is playing the best for us right now? Uh, Teoscar Hernandez has been the best, in my opinion, the best hitter that's not Bo or Vladdy. Because um, it's really not fair to compare them to, to anybody. Um, but Teoscar has... He he absolutely needed this because if he didn't turn things around, he was finding himself slipping down the depth chart as far as who would be in the outfield next year. But in the last 26 games, he's got a 3.53 OBP. And guys, what's my favorite thing about baseball players when they're at uh, bat? You're down with OPP. Yeah, you they know love, me. You love when they get on base. Gets on base. I love it. His slugging percentage isn't a joke either. 587. I think he's hit seven home runs since the All-Star break, which is fantastic. He's doing exactly what we needed him to do. Um, My favorite story, though, out of all these uh, emerging power hitters is Brandon Drury, who went from getting, I think he got either a D or an F from most of us (laughs) when we graded. And uh, now he's he's starting to slug. He uh, he had a couple of uh, dingers in the last week. I like it. I mean, we he it was another situation where like he needed to do this, or he wasn't going to be with the team anymore, and they were better off just <laughs> like bringing up the resurrected corpse of Anthony Alford. <laughs> hey, Anthony Alford's back at Buffalo. He's, he's rehabbed. He's ready to go. I wanted I wanted to segue that so that we could be like, guess who's back. Anthony Alfred's back in Buffalo. His oblique is ready to go. I will say one thing. Randall Gritchick, I think he's playing a lot better than people are giving him credit for because of his contract. I think a lot of people were expecting him to hit like 290, 300 this year. But he's... He's playing pretty good he's since a, the All-Star break. He's a 240 hitter. Yeah, but he's he, he's he's playing pretty good since the All-Star break. His contract, people's expectations are sky high. Gritch yeah. Daddy's doing okay. Gritch Daddy's he he's solid. He's not playing awesome. But he's solid. His um, numbers have been steadily improving. I mean, yeah, we we talked about how crappy he was when we did our midseason grades, um, but he's hitting home runs the last little while here. He's got up to eighteen on the year now, and uh, his his power metrics have started to climb. Uh, yeah, his, he is nineteen today. Oh, did he? Okay, sweet. Oh yeah, I see that now. Yeah, just updated on FanGraphs. But Guriel also is nineteen, so they're they're still tied. a little little right there. Yeah, but uh, that means Gritchick's WRC plus is back up to ninety, where it was it was creeping down to the sixties earlier in the year. So mm-hmm. he's he's pushing his way back um, 
to being, I guess, solid. I mean, I'd like, I'd like, it's kind of like similar to the second half he had last year where he kind of tore it up after he came back. Yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully he can finish strong. I mean, he's he's been walking more the last little while than he than he than he has been. So hopefully he can keep those numbers up too. Freddie's been playing pretty good too. He's hitting two sixty nine yeah, since then as well. Just a so. lot of strikeouts, but yeah, that's I mean, just classic Freddie. Classic Freddie. Um, those guys have been playing really, really good. Derek Law again. Shout out to Derek Law. His ERA is one point three eight through thirteen innings since the All Star break. Oh man, again that was what was the other bad one that Patrick had? Don't do laying down the law. That's too easy. That no, that's never that's that's a rule. We can never say laying down the law again. <laughs> All right. No. All right. Okay. Okay. No, right. we're that's better fine. than that, guys. We're better than that. Um, a couple guys have been struggling though. Kevon Biggio, uh, since the All Star break, is batting 188. Danny Jansen, who at times looked like one of the better catchers in the league, yeah. like for a couple weeks there, he's batting 185. Justin Smoke is hitting 178. But he's getting on base. He's getting on base. Uh, out of those three guys, who are you most worried about? Smoke, Jansen, or Biggio, Patrick? I'm not worried about Biggio or Jansen because they're rookies. This is what happens to rookies. Uh, they get hot and then they cool off. Then they get hot, then yeah. they cool off. Uh, their OBPs are, considering how bad they've been hitting in the last 26 games, are enough for me to be like, yeah, they'll be fine. They're seeing the ball well. Uh, Justin Smoke right now should be constantly panic sweating because isn't he a free agent at the end of the year? Sure is. Um, I do not think he will be back with our team. Uh, he has had a bad season. Yeah, he's great at getting on base, but he can't run worth a shit, and he's rapidly declining as far as his uh, defensive abilities, uh, which, of course, Justin predicted last year, but we all pretended that he wasn't right when it turns out he was. So, Justin Smoke, you should get your shit together at the plate. Otherwise, you might not get a contract next year. I know a thing or two about Justin's. Yeah, he's not. I'm not worried about him because I don't see him as a Blue Jay next year. Yeah. I think he's gone. Not no. because yeah. bad play, but I just think he doesn't want to be there anymore. Yeah, he probably maybe he does, but I mean Cuz at, at the trade deadline he was like, he was like, "Oh, you know what? It's just business and yada yada." It's like yeah. he wasn't like he was like, "No, I don't want to get traded." Somebody will give like, him yeah. a chance. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, of course. Justin Smoke's he's a proven big, he's big, a big leader. leader. Uh the two pitchers that have kind of been struggling, well, I guess three, uh Trent Thornton, obviously. Uh Sam Gavigliolo and yeah, Thomas Pano, not really too shocking there. But Trent Thornton, woof. Like, are are we a little not obviously we're worried about Trent Thornton, but Patrick, like what do we do with Trent Thornton? I, I say we just we gotta use him for the rest of the just year, but I don't like up. I don't like what I'm seeing out of him. Like I don't think there's a future for him on the Jays, but do you or Oh yeah, I think Trent Thornton will be fine. I think yeah. <laughs> I mean he was thrown into an impossible situation where he clearly wasn't even ready to be a mainstay in triple <laughs> A. But then Shoemaker got hurt and, you know, was gone for the rest of the year. And they say, here, kid, here's a ball. You're going to pitch every five days for us. And, you know, to be fair, he hasn't gotten injured as far as I can recall. He was on the so, DL for a bit. You know. IL, I guess it's called now. He had some that shoulder inflammation mm-hmm. before the oh, last okay. break. Um, I mean, like. Yeah, but I mean, nothing, nothing super long-term. Well, the thing is, like, we need – we need somebody. We need at least four starters. We need warm for bodies. the rest of the year. So, <laughs> someone's got to go out there and chill. Somebody, somebody and, uh, with some warm the bodies. The problem is like Thornton. Thornton is a flamethrower. Like he has an excellent fastball. He clearly has control issues. Yeah. But I mean, we see this with every young pitcher that we've had come up through our system in the last at least thirty-six months that I can think of, where they come up. And they're just control issues suck. Fair. I, I I don't know what it is. Is it could it be possible that we have a problem with our pitching coaches, or is it just when you're young, your you know your your heat is good, but then your off speed stuff is shit. Unless your name's Ryan Barucki, who's probably going to get TJ surgery and be out for another year and a half. But whatever. You guys aren't fans of Pete Walker, are you? I'm, I know Patrick isn't. I'm on the fence. I don't I don't want to fire him into the sun, but. Yeah, I remember on the episode <laughs> of like the yearly review last year, Patrick was very mean yeah. to Pete Walker. I think it might be time for a change. I don't think so. I like Pete Walker, and I think the pitchers like him too. I think the young pitchers yeah, really, really like him because he's does, like a player's kind of coach. But does liking somebody make them a good coach? I think in this situation it does. 
But okay. then again, we already have like a likable manager with Charlie Montoyo. Yeah. So who's like laying down the law in the clubhouse? Yeah, you said we can't say laying down the I, law anymore. That's for another <laughs> reason. That's not talking about Derek Law. You can still use the phrase. I know, I'm just, I'm can't use it for Derek I'm Law. Just, that's just too obvious. Just messing with you. Wow, I'm mad. I'm mad. You guys think at the end of the year when all is said and done, it's not that Pete Walker has to get fired, but I would say send him down to AAA so he can help out the young guys there. And then well, what about having somebody like John Axford come in as a pitching coach or somebody similar with a, a similar resume, maybe like an Eric Gagne or uh they don't have any pitching uh, coach experience. Oh, like that? No. Be hard. Like, pitching is like coaching. Man, pitching is, you know, who would, who would have been the best pitching coach ever? Doc. Doc would have been one of the, well, he would have been so hard on guys though. That's like good. he would have made them work no, but, and work. But and the work. thing with doc is that he's a robot. He was though. a hard ass and he was a robot, but, he still knew how to yeah. be patient. Like he never really had fiery outbursts. Mm-hmm. I think he'd be a really and he he coached his kids baseball like little league teams too in the off season. I just feel like he would have been like that that guy who was like super hard on you, but when he like took you like one on one, he'd be like the nicest guy ever. Like, oh, yeah, he'd be for like, sure. oh here, okay, here's what you gotta do. Like he'd yeah. just like take you aside and like tell you how it's gonna be. Yeah. Um. And then after that, tell you to go run ninety foul poles yeah, back and forth. Go run. Yeah. yeah. Go run. But now. Uh, Speaking of of warm bodies, as we were talking about our pitching staff, the Jays did uh, pick up Zach Godley off waivers from the D-backs today. Look out, World Series. Here we come. (laughs) They had to DFA uh, David Polino, who is one of the guys we got back from for Osuna Mm -hmm. to make room on the 40-man because they they signed him to a big league deal, as far as I know. Just Um, makes that trade more of a kick in the dick. Yeah, there's still a couple other prospects there, though, too. Well, we obviously got Giles, and we got uh, Hector Perez, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Polino just hasn't been He He throws hard, but he just can't keep the walks down yeah he might not get claimed he's only in double a um but anyway uh zach godley two years ago and even last year like his his ex-fip last year was 396 474 era and 32 starts nine strikeouts per for nine innings four walks a little bit high but he doesn't get up home runs he gets ground balls this year they've kind of tried to turn him into sort of a long man and it hasn't gone well he's only made nine starts but he's made 18 relief appearances um strikeouts are down a lot walks have stayed about the same home runs are up i think the jays are going to try and stretch him out into a starter again see what they have i mean he's kind of like another of those buckholes kind of guys where you just kind of bring him in a clayton richard sort of style guy where it's like don't dude, get me too excited now with these buckles comparisons and the here. guys the guy's 29 he's got big league experience um he's still under arbitration so his contract is cheap He's not a free agent until 2023, so he's got those years of control that the Blue Jays front office oh, loves. Shut up, Atkins. 42 years of control. Years of control. Oh. Uh. Look, me, years of control. So, sounds I mean, like an evil fucking villain yeah. from the 70s. I've got years of control. You were asking, like, who's going to pitch for us? Well, it's not going to be Edwin Jackson anymore because he's gone. Yeah. Um, he, gone. he gone. So, it means that Godley is a guy who they're going to bring in and at least give him a run. Okay, let's uh, talk about another prospect, even though we can't really call him a prospect anymore because he's the guy, uh, Bobochet. Bobochet. Bobochet is killing it. He's, what was it, the first player in Major League Baseball to get 10 extra base hits in his first nine games? Yeah, first player ever. It's a Major League record for the boy. Baseball's been around since, what, year... 78 something like, like that. something like yeah, that no obviously yeah but like it. in like the 100 plus <laughs> years of baseball we're still breaking records that's crazy to me that no one has done that yeah. um a certain someone on this podcast has been saying this all year i can't remember who though that when bo bichette was called up he was going to be raking who was that again fellas that was... patrick do you remember who that was no, I don't. <laughs> Judged by that awkward silence that you do know who yeah, it was. Yeah, we, we It both. was me. It was you. You were right. As Jim Carrey from Liar Liar would say when he's walking out of the elevator when he just realized he can't lie anymore, it was me. <laughs> Probably the best part of that movie. Um, he's only 21. We have to realize that. But, like, Bo's minor league numbers, Patrick, when you look at them, they don't jump off the page, but that's because he was hurt. Did you expect this just looking at his minor league numbers? Uh, no, I did not. The thing, the issue is like, I, I wanted us to take a look at Bo Bichette's minor league numbers, uh, in 2019, just because they 
seem to paint a different picture than what we've seen so far in the the few games that he's played for the Jays. Um, they're kind of limited because he was hurt partway through the year. Um, he had an absolutely phenomenal 2018, and everything kind of seemed to point to him getting a call up in September or at least being a starter at the beginning of the 2020 year. Or maybe they would do that dumbass thing where they hold him back until service time. The they, yeah, we need I mean, control. I like how one more year they, control. They totally in that. <laughs> That's gonna be our new thing. Yeah. We want the more control. <laughs> the years we control. need to control everything. We're Atkins and Shapiro. <laughs> Oh boy, oh, oh, that's yeah. fun. Good stuff. Anyway, Bobuchet, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm with Patrick. I mean, 2018 with with the Fisher Cats was phenomenal. AAA was in a bit of adjustment period for him. Obviously, he got hit in the head and broke his hand and mm-hmm. missed, missed about what was it, like six weeks or something like that. Yeah. Um, he, he was on a he was on a tear when he came back. Jay's actually called him up in like the midst of a slump. Like he'd been batting like 150 in his last 10 games when they called him up. They're like, horrible. you know what? Screw it. We need we we traded Sogard. We made room for this kid. Let's bring him up. And he broke Jesse Barfield's club record, and also Ryan Goins' club record for most uh, consecutive games with a hit to start a Blue Jays career. Classic Goins. <laughs> Classic Ryan Goins. Oh, he was yeah. hitting like 440 through his yeah. first 10 games, and then he, you know we all know what happened. I don't think he's gonna <laughs> pull a Ryan Goins. Obviously, though. yeah, no, he's a little bit better than Ryan Goins. Defense looks good too. Yeah, he, he made a couple errors, but I mean, he he even talked about after the games, like I would trade all my hits to not yeah, make another error ever exactly. again, kind of thing. So he's got the rate. He's the thing with Bo is he's super mature. He's got the rate attitude. Um, throughout his whole, him and Vladdy both like throughout their money career, getting asked all these questions about, oh, why are they calling you up? It's like, it'll happen when it happens, man. Like, yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, obviously he's just raking, mm-hmm. which is super sustainable. Yeah. I, my next question was <laughs> like, obviously this isn't sustainable. But where is Bobachet batting at the end of the year, like batting average wise? I mean, two seventy five to three hundred, somewhere in that that demographic. I think people have said that Bo has potential to win batting titles in his career. Yeah, if you had to ballpark it, Patrick, where is Bichette going to be hitting batting average wise at the end of the year? Before I reveal that, I do want to <laughs> say uh, if we double back to the Fangraphs prediction. Yeah. Uh, they thought his contact right now was 45 with an upper limit of 60, but I feel like he's already surpassed the 45. Like he's already kind of proven that he, it's not streakiness. It's actually like consistent, hard contact that's going for extra bases. But and sorry, go keep, ahead. Keep in mind that we we talked about earlier in the show too that guys just go on streaks. Like Danny Jansen was batting 400 for a while, and Danny Jansen doesn't have a 60 contact tool. Mm-hmm. Guys just like Randall Gritchick can hit 300 over the course of three months, but he's not that that hitter all the time. Sometimes guys are just locked in, right? But I mean, I th- I I do agree. I think Bobachet is a great hitter. I just want to caution that I, I don't know if his if if you're what you're saying is correct, where his hit tool might be more advanced than Fangraph says it is. It, it it may be, but I think yeah, he's still got a ton of room to grow. And, and the major league pitchers are going to adjust, right? The same thing we that we saw with Vladdy, how they were pitching him down and away, and then Vladdy made the adjustment, and now they can't get him out. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think you are right, though, Patrick. I think Bo is is going to be a huge batting average kind of guy. We're seeing his power, too, mm-hmm. which, again, like, Fangraphs had a dead, dead right, his raw power at 60. I mean, look at what he's done. Oh, out of his God. 18 hits, uh, like... What twelve or thirteen of them are? Yeah, I think it's ten. Is it ten doubles like now? Ten doubles and three home runs. Something, something like, like that. that yeah. yeah, nine or ten doubles, three home runs. He's fast. I mean, yeah, he's a line drive hitter. There was a picture of his batting stance next to Josh Donaldson's, and Very how they similar, both keep right? their wrists and their the hips turned. Kick. Man, it looks similar. Yeah. and like just how like fast his wrists get out there. Like just like, his wrists are so quick, it's which is such an underrated tool in baseball. Yeah. Like if you have quick wrists at the plate, it is the most valuable tool a hitter can have. Well, I don't know if you guys have been following Jesse Barfield's tweets, but he's oh, just yeah. he's been raving. Like he he even talked about it. He's how long Bo's bat stays in the strike zone. It's kind of mm-hmm. like the Christian Yelich style of swing, where it just is so flat and it spends so much time in the strike zone that the likelihood of hitting those line drives is just so much higher because they don't they're not having that uppercut swing. They're not coming down on top of the ball. Mm-hmm. It's flat. It's 
pounding out that great launch angle that everyone likes to likes to look for these days between that like 15 and 21 degrees sort of thing and he, and he hits the ball like Patrick said he hits rockets my buddy loves to brag that Jesse Barfield follows him on Twitter <laughs> and I'm <laughs> like follow, but hate uh, hate to burst your bubble Jesse Barfield follows 33.6 thousand people, people on Twitter he's yeah. one of those guys but he's like man he's my mo- man I got this super famous follower man Jesse Barfield and I'm he like follows yeah, our podcast yeah Jesse Barfield <laughs> follows me my personal account on yeah. Twitter as well it's just like yeah He's just one of those guys, and he it devastated his fucking universe, oh, man. man. He was like, what? No! It was that NHL player that was doing that too, Zach Boychuk. Oh yeah, he had like six hundred thousand following remember on Twitter. Remember when Zach Boychuk was cool? Yeah, he's not cool anymore. Um, the last thing we'll talk about on the podcast today, we got to wrap this up. Uh, Jacob. Worcester sauce or Wolfpack, whatever you want to call them. Pack. Um, we were talking about how Ryan Barucki last year was his kind of year to prove it. Has Wajpack kind of taken over the <laughs> w- Barucki role? W- w- Wajpack? Wajpack. I don't care. I'm going to pronounce his pack. name. W- Wagaspack. Wag. I don't care. Wag. Jacob W. <laughs> that's a, that should have been his nickname. Just W. Jacob W. Jake, Jake W. <laughs> yeah, Jake W. Bush. Let's just go with that. Oh, man. Um, is he kind of stepping into that Ryan Barucki role, like a, a pitcher of the future who's pitching I, now? I, I don't know. I don't think Jacob Wegus back is going to amount to us, but or amount to much. But we got him for two months of Aaron Loop, so yeah. Um, he's already provided more value than I think we thought he might. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Good for him. He he pitched really well in his last start out against Tampa. So, um, it'd be nice to see him have a few nice starts and at least throw himself in the ring for rotation next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, our rotation is going to be very similar to this hodgepodge we have now, unless they sign some guys yeah. or shoot because shoemaker's not going to be ready at the start of the season. Maybe I don't know. Tough to say, but yeah. Patrick is just <laughs> does Wolfpack Wolfie boy. Does he have a? Uh, I already forget you telling me how to pronounce his name. Wags, I, I watch. I've watched his starts, and I've heard Wag-us-pack. Buck and Showman say his name, but I just can't remember it when I look at it. <laughs> it Wags a pack. I don't care. I I don't care. Oh like, do like, are we? Am I gonna have to keep saying this guy's name? Because is he gonna be on our team, Patrick, or no? Yeah, I think he's <laughs> gonna stick around for a while. I I don't think he's gonna light the world on fire. But I have to say, it was weird because like he wasn't really having a great minor league season. Although, pretty much every pitcher in the minor leagues is getting slammed by the new ball. Yeah, so it, there's. Obviously going to be a year or two of adjustments when it comes to looking at minor league pitching stats. Uh, That being said, in the 36 innings that he has pitched for us this year, uh, he hasn't looked half bad. I would say his best strength might be the fact that he uh, is not terrible at giving up walks. (laughs) Um, What did he do yesterday? or Monday, sorry, he it was shutout, six shutout innings, yeah. uh, and he ha- he only walked one on ninety six pitches. I mean that that's a lot of pitches to throw. I mean it would be nice to see him get a little more efficient, but <laughs> I, I'm I'm with Justin. I like the idea of him potentially competing next year for a rotation spot. I know, like obviously next year, there there's not really any guaranteed people on our team anymore who are guaranteed to have a spot if Baraki has to get Tommy John he's going to be out till next September Oof. so I mean like yeah it's going to be like Matt Shoemaker Jacob Wagaspak um, I mean Sean Reed Foley has certainly turned it around uh, in, in his last few appearances I feel like he's sort of justified getting into that sort of position where he, he might justify it I wouldn't be surprised if Nate Pearson gets a serious look next March, but that is way too far out. Like, it's hard to say. I'm sure he'll play in the Winter League uh, just to get more reps. Um, but, I don't know, Justin, do you think – we'll call him WAG to make it easier on Clayton. Wiggles um, Magoo, I don't care what we call him. Wiggles Pack. Yeah. Do, do you think WAG would be – like going into next year, I know it's like it's hard to predict that now, but I could, I think he'd be a serviceable number five. It's certainly not going to be Clayton Richard or Clay Buckholz. He's, like he's number five he'd, at best, yeah. Number five at yeah. best. That's, that's where I see him. And like, like I said, with Nate Pearson, and then sh- obviously Sean Reed Foley might be our 
fucking opening pitcher next year. Oh, so um, if not nice. Matt Shoemaker, I guess. Uh, is Shoe guaranteed to come back next year? Talking about our pitching rotation for next year is making me literally depressed. Can we just end the podcast? Yeah, let's work. Wanna, uh, we're done. I want to end it on a Mike Trout note. It's his okay. 28th birthday today. There Happy we birthday go. Thank to you. The thank goat, you. the greatest you. of all time. Thank you for saving the me. Greatest the greatest ever was, the greatest ever will be, Mike Trout. That was so sad, realizing what our starting rotation is going to be. Yeah. We were having a bunch of fun talking about Toast <laughs> and Boba Shett and who's going to win the NL Central, having a good time. And then it's like, oh, yeah, have you seen yeah. our rotation next year? <laughs> Mike Trout. But I, I got to say, by the way, I noticed when you came in, your beard's looking real thick. Oh, yeah, I got a good beard It's going. looking good. Thank you. You, you kind of look like a knockoff Mike O'Shea right now. Well, the best part is, too, <laughs> I got like three big zits, too, and my beard oh, is yeah, just, just hiding them. Fuck, I love my beard. It's the best thing you you like shave that you like you shave it off a little bit like oh yeah, yeah my skin's great. I'm gonna so. keep it for my wedding I think, like like more groomed yeah. a little bit but no definitely a great big yeah, bushy beard definitely keep it. Um, that's it. That's all for today's episode. Uh, thanks for listening again. Toast, shout out to Toast. Shout out. Shout out to Toast. Today's episode sponsor. Um, <laughs> look us up Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at BFMD Podcast. Uh, we love you, Blue Jays. Twitter, retweet our stuff. We'll talk back to you. We love getting in debates. Uh, Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Wherever you listen, we really appreciate it. Who's got the uh, closing time song today? Who's got it? Uh, well, I was thinking just because we were still talking about Bo Bichette that I'd throw in some Kendrick Lamar this week, and I went with DNA because we have so many players right now who it's like it's in their DNA <laughs> to be superstars. I'm down. All right. Kendrick. Nice. Have a good one. I got, I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. Cocaine quarter piece, got war and peace inside my DNA. I got power, poison, pain, and joy inside my DNA. I got hustle, though, ambition flow inside my DNA. I was born like this, and born like this, immaculate conception. I transformed like this, performed like this, was shouts you a new weapon. I don't contemplate, I meditate, then off your fucking head. This that put the kids to bed. This that I got, I got, I got, I got. Realness, I just kill shit cause it's in my DNA I got millions, I got riches building in my DNA I got dark, I got evil that rot inside my DNA I got off, I got trouble, some heart inside my DNA I just win again, then win again like Wimbledon I serve Yeah, that's him again, the sound that engine in is like a bird You see fireworks and Corvette tires skirt the boulevard I know how you work, I know just who you are See, use a, use a, use a bitch, you almost probably switch inside your DNA